You're listening to the Get Clear Up Podcast, a space dedicated to the female experience. I'm your host, holistic health practitioner and women's sexual health expert, Callie Shea. What is up? I am super excited to dig into this episode of Get Clear Up. I have my girl, Chloe Elise, aka Deeper Than Money, and we are discussing money, but really the emotional side of it. Because Chloe and I both work as coaches on pretty taboo topics, hers being money and mine obviously being sex and periods. So in this episode, we really dig into money shame and how that impacts our self-worth. We talk about our own transformations as well as limiting beliefs. And then we also dig into the importance of having a strong support system. So without further ado, let's start the show. Okay, guys, I have Chloe Elise here with me, and I'm so excited to chat all about money. My gosh, I'm so excited to be here. This is so fun. I know. I know. So, Chloe, give us like an intro to what you do, who you are, your story. Give us all the details. Absolutely. So my name is Chloe. I'm a millennial money coach, and I help women feel empowered when it comes to their finances, when it comes to money. And that looks like something different for a lot of people. For some people, that looks like helping them pay off debt. For some people, that looks like helping them save. For others, that looks like starting a business or getting ahead with their business finances. But across the board, it shows up so powerfully for those women. And and that's what Mm -hmm. just lights me up. Um, For me, for my own story, I was very average college student, um, worked a ton of part-time jobs to pay for college, but never got ahead. Like never. I was making money to spend money. Like whatever Mm -hmm. came in, went back out. I didn't even have a mobile um, online login to my banking. And so I would just swipe my card until my card would get declined. And then I'd be like, all right, I have to wait until my next paycheck. Like I'm serious. Like that's how I lived. It was so Mm -hmm. stressful. Um, and I just did that for years, for years and years. And then finally I had this breakdown, this like breakdown, um, in college where I was like, what is going on? Like, I cannot live like this anymore because I kept missing out on all these fun things with my friends to go and work, but I was going to work to make money. And then I'd have no money. I'm like, what's the point? What is the point of doing all this? Like this cycle, I was like, I got to get out of here. And so I went on a mission to figure out finances and, when I did, it it was hard and I had to learn all like the horrible ways. You just made a post about this the other day where you were like, I had to mess up so many things about my own, you know, cycle in order to be where I am. And it's like, that's how I feel about money. Like I made so many mistakes. I did so many just terrible, wrong things with money that screwed me up to get to where I am today. And so now I help women not make those mistakes, but get to experience the financial freedom that I finally got a taste of. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I relate to that so much. I was talking just the other day to a client and I was like, or I was someone I was, I was talking to about like just my story. And I was like, you know, I really went through it. Like I went through it so hard. And at the time it felt horrible and, you know, hard and I, I, emotionally, mentally, physically. And then at the end of it, like on this other side, I'm like, wow, that's why I went through it. Like, I'm so grateful at the time. If you had told me like, oh, you're going to be grateful for this. I'd have been like, fuck you. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> but on the other side of it, like I really am. I'm so grateful I went through it because I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing now. No, absolutely not. Like I am so grateful and I feel like it helps me understand what my clients are going through. Like when they tell me 
I like, you know, I'm so stressed. I'm so overwhelmed. I can't get past that. I know how that feels. I know exactly Mm -hmm. how that feels. And so to be able to relate on such a level and like have that high level of empathy, but also have that perspective of knowing what it's going to take to get them to the other side is, is the biggest gift of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you ever just like get on a call and they're telling you their their story and you're like, oh my god, am I hearing my own story? Yeah, like, absolutely. It's a mirror. It's right? like, oh my gosh, it's like that's me. That's me, right? Yeah. And sometimes somebody recently was like, you're so good at writing content, and I'm like, I just think back to who I was. Like, I write mm-hmm. content of what I needed to hear at that time. It's so easy right. because, first of all, like for us that wasn't that long ago. We're not writing no. to like ourselves 50 years ago. Like, no, no, we're writing to like, I'm like, I'm writing to myself last week. Like what did I need <laughs> no. to hear last week? Exactly. Like that's a gift of being able to evolve and grow so yeah. fast as a young woman. It's so weird to say young yeah. woman. I feel like a grandma, like <laughs> as a young woman, but to be, you know, in our twenties and having right. these kinds of results comes from being able to you know, grow fast and help our clients grow fast. But it also has the opportunity of being like, I was you two years ago. And now mm-hmm. look at what I look at what I've done. You can do the same thing, girl. Like you can do the same yeah. thing. Right. And that's why I get so hyped for them. I'm like, I've been there. I know what the other side is like. You're so close. Like just give it a second and it will all come together. Exactly. And especially when you can see them not believing that they can get the result. Like that's what kills me. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's someone who's like on the fence about signing up for my program or even just like on the fence about making a decision for themselves. And they're like, I don't know. I just like, maybe I should wait. And I, I just, I know that feeling of being like, mm-hmm. oh, I should wait. AKA, I know I can't get that result. So why try? Like for, cause that yes. was all I thought about was like, what's the point of trying for that? I know I can't have that. And I know I don't deserve that. And so like mm-hmm. unraveling that for myself and, and rewriting that story of like, no, I do deserve to have financial freedom or I do deserve to have whatever that's what you have to do in order to move forward and in order to take those steps. So I'm just like, oh, my heart breaks when I hear that. Oh yeah. It's so funny. The other day I was on, um, I was actually like interviewing someone to hire an accountant. Like I was like, oh yeah, real adult things right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like money. There I go. Um, and so I'm on there with her. She like tells me like her payment and I'm like immediately like, cool. Well, I'll let you know. And I was like, and I, on the call, I was like, no, this is exactly what people do when they know they need it and they put it off. Like, I know, like, what am I going to not do? Like not have an accountant. Like, <laughs> and so I absolutely called myself out immediately. I was like, fuck this. Like I, yes, let's just move forward. Like, this is great. But it was funny. I felt like, I, like, like we said, like, I know how my clients feel. So like when they get on a call yeah. and they're like, I'm just not sure about investing in this. Like, this is scary. And like, we immediately go to that place. Like, I'll let you know later. Like, no, you won't. <laughs> you and I both know you won't. Your and that's okay. going to talk you out of this in a hot minute. Like, no, right. You will talk yourself out of it all day long. And I do Um, that too. And, and I, like, I love being like, I, you know, I always have multiple coaches because I need to be coached out of my own bullshit, like all time in all areas of my life. God, yes. When I have that person who in any aspect, like as simple as that, when someone's like, Hey, while we're on the phone, let's take care of this because then we don't have to do the follow-up. It's like, Oh, what a blessing for you to force me into this because I need to do it. And I don't want to just like put it off and then forget. Yeah. You know, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I totally. And I'm glad we talked about this. It's like one of the biggest things 
I find with money is I was actually reading a Forbes article about this the other day. Um, and it was talking about how, you know, essentially like we're, we are more likely to spend money on like a car than we will our self-care. Like I'll, I'll go buy a new car, but I'm not going to hire a personal trainer. Like that's too bougie, but like I'll go out and buy a new car. And that's just so interesting. Like what we do with our money and what we can justify as like, oh, this is a safe purchase. And this isn't. And a lot of times investing in ourselves does not feel like a safe purchase. Exactly. And it, it's crazy when you break it down. Um, like I feel like for the most part, women buy, I mean, just statistically women buy more emotionally. Um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times if I'm, you know, a a woman is applying for a program, but she's like, I want to talk to my husband. I'll immediately go into facts. I'll be like, okay, here are the facts because the husband, I know the husband's (laughs) questions are like, what is the ROI on this? And how can you do this? And the the statistics behind it, you know, someone was like, I'm prepared. Let's go bring the hubby on. Let me talk to him. Um, but it's so funny when you break it down um, statistically for whoever and show them like, hey, so you're willing right now you spend about, you know, $19 a day in your car or like $47 a day in your car, which comes out to, mm-hmm. you know, let's say you have a $300 car payment or something, but you're not willing to go and, and go to the, like for me, like a big self-care is like going to the chiropractor. I feel so yeah. good. It's like, yeah, you know, like a the new best. person. Yes. I'm a new person. I sleep better. I do all that stuff, you know, chiropractic, like acupuncture, like all my, all my, even like get my nails done. I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. But <laughs> for so often I would shame myself for those purchases and say, mm-hmm. I don't need that. I don't need that. That's extra. And a lot of that comes from the belief that spending in certain ways is bad. And a yeah. lot of that, um, comes passed down to us, like comes passed down to us, um, from our parents or from our grandparents. And it, it was so funny. I was thinking about this the other day of how right now in this time of, you know, this pandemic, especially if we look back on our family tree, like our ancestors at some point, whether it's like your grandparents, or your great great grandparents or whoever were in the great depression, And Mm -hmm. during that time, there was so much scarcity that it was don't spend, save every penny you have, keep this, hold on to money, hold on so tightly. And so those beliefs, those beliefs about money were passed down to maybe our grandparents then passed down to our parents and then passed down to us. And then we're like living our lives in scarcity, not realizing that, Hey, this is a different time. We don't need that. And so now it's going to be so interesting to see how this pandemic impacts our, our money beliefs and the money beliefs that we're going to pass down to our future kids about what's true about money and things like that. And so the biggest thing, and if you're feeling that right now, that's normal, like honor those feelings, but, but also ask yourself, remind yourself that what you focus on expands. And so like, for me, if I ever, and I am like, when I watch the news, I get like, like no matter yeah, what. I feel like I'm like, I can't breathe. Yeah. I know. I'm like, oh my God. Like my, my fiance loves watching the news, but he knows like now he like listens to podcasts like by himself because if he has it on, I will immediately help be like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just like so stressed. And like, what about this? And what about this? And he's like the news bug, like the news bug <laughs> got me. And so when I get in that mindset, the first thing I do is look for evidence and look for examples of things that I want to support a different belief. So like, if I'm feeling like very, like so much scarcity and things are never going to be the same and I will go and I'll look for evidence. Like if, you know, in a example about money, like what are all the ways that are possible for people to make money online? There's a million. I could sit down. There's so many ways. There's so many ways. There's so many freaking ways. 
I could sit down and write a million ways. And if I am sitting there writing number one, number two, number three, like 50 ways and above of how to make money online instantly, I'm like, I feel so expansive. There's money is limitless. This is amazing. Like I feel so good. And so it's like, it's so crazy how when we change what we're focusing on, the the feelings that we have and then therefore our actions change on money too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was reading something about how um, it's just going to change everything. Like everything that's going on right now is going to change the way that we do business, the way that we show up to work. Like so many businesses are going online. Like I see this all the time, like dietitians, especially like in the health world, like they're all moving online. And I'm like, good for you. Like, yes. trust me, it is the best to be dressed up from the waist up and then pajamas <laughs> waist down. Always. <laughs> like, always. The work from home life always. Like I always have on if I'm dressed up for a call, that's a big deal. Like my clients listening to this will laugh because like I always just look like I need a shower. Oh yeah, same. But always, <laughs> always. But like moving online and like, it's just, there's so many opportunities and mm-hmm. it's funny that we live in this technology-driven world and then yet there's so many things that are not technology-based. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, my dad is a chiropractor and um, I've been telling him for years, like, dad, let's get you an Instagram. And he's like, I don't, why would I get an Instagram? Like, I don't need, he doesn't talk like that. People always make fun of my, people are like, does your dad have an accent? I'm like, no, that's just like the voice I use. Um, but he's like, that's just his voice. That's just his voice. I don't know. In my head, that's what it sounds like. And he's like, I don't need an Instagram. Like that's not how I've done it, whatever. And I'm like, dad, you need an email list. Dad, we got to go to online scheduling. And he's like, it's a hassle. I don't want to learn this and whatever. And then this last month, he's like, oh my gosh, why did I not listen to you? Right. He's like, this is the biggest wake up call. And so it's so cute. He's been calling me and he's like, okay, I'm going to do this and this. I'm teaching my team how to do online scheduling and we're going to do this. And can you set this up for me? And I'm like, yes, I'm so excited because people don't realize that it's not this, oh, you know, should we do this additional thing? It's like, that's a necessity in this day and age, like having, you know, whether it's like multiple streams of income or multiple streams of reaching out to your client or multiple ways of doing something like that, having options is money. Having options and capability of doing that, like is everything right now. And you know what, if I'm always like, you know, got to focus on the things that are good, got to focus on the positives. And if this is such a wake up call for people, and this is long-term what's going to save their business and grow their business, then, you know, it can be a blessing if you look at it in that way for some people. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, this has been an expansive time for a lot of people, I feel like. Um, And obviously for some, and for a lot, it's been difficult and there is going to be like difficulties with it for sure, but it can also be very expansive. Absolutely. Yeah. It's pausing. It's like our world paused, you know, like this Mm -hmm. is unheard of. This is unheard yeah, of. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I was, you know, all the pictures of like traffic and like, oh, it's just mind blowing. It is. And it's just, it's such a cool way of, re- it. for me, it's been such a like calling me out about all the things that I didn't have time for that now mm, when I have yes. all the time in the world, if I'm not doing it, I'm like, no, it's not that I didn't have time. It wasn't a priority. And it's been yes. such an like ego check on me in such a good way of realizing that I need to just say no instead of I'm too busy because I'm not too busy. It's just a no. And I also right. need to use this as a time to go all in for the things that I, I truly did want more time for. So yeah. yeah. Oh, and for me too, like 
you know, I've a lot of stuff and we've talked about this, but like I have lots of money things like and I feel like everyone does. Everyone's got money stuff that's passed down and all that. And I love what you said. Like it is very generational. Like my money beliefs came from my parents who came from their parents. I think that's so fascinating. And it's during this time, you know, I've realized like, oh, shit, like I can save more than I am. Like my that has been so fascinating to me to see like my spending habits because nothing's really shifted in the sense like I've always shopped online or like you know, we, we really didn't go out to eat that much. Um, but so like nothing technical has changed about it, but I'm spending less because something about my brain, I guess, with everything going on, I'm thinking like, oh, we're slowing down. Like there's less time for, or there's more time for things. Like I can be more aware of what I'm spending. It just is so interesting. And I feel like my like bills this month, like everything has been like cut in half. And so that has been so interesting to see, like, and I'm sure maybe you're seeing this with some of your clients, yeah. like just that mindset pivot right now. I'm so, I'm spending so much less and saving more. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy how, again, the, the different ways that this impacting different people is crazy. I mean, it's across the board. And if we can decide for ourselves, like how can ask ourselves a question, like, how can I be someone that from a financial perspective, this is helping me this time. Like I'm getting ahead Mm -hmm. this time and that changes everything, you know? And I think a lot of people with their spending, it's just such a new thing. And I think it really emphasizes your money beliefs right now, right? Like Mm -hmm. it magnifies what's true for you about money. Um, I had a client recently who we were just talking and she's like, oh my gosh, I would have been so screwed if this was happening to me a year ago, like before I met you. And I was like, why, what's going on? And she's like, I, I spent more when I was stressed. I would, I'd be stressed. I would spend. Oh, so yeah. She's like in a time like now, if, if this were happening a year ago, I would have literally gone broke from spending because that was what I used to fill the void. And so mm-hmm. it's like, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and your spending habits are massively changing, not from like, like for me, like my gym membership caused my membership fee because I can't right. go anymore, you know, things like, so my bills are to- like so much smaller because so much of my stuff I can't go and do. But, um, mm-hmm. if you're all of a sudden like spending way more or all of a sudden you're spending way less cause you're terrified, ask yourself why. I mean, some of the stuff it's logistical. You're like, Ooh, I want to save a little bit right more right now. It's a bigger priority. Cool. But if you are really seeing a shift ask yourself, what's the reasoning for it? Like dig down deeper and say, what's a trigger for me? Do I see the news? And then I go shop. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. That means it's telling us that you're trying to fill that void of scarcity by having the dopamine hit of like a new package at the door or whatever, and get to the root of that because that's how you find financial freedom. You going and buying a million things, it's never going to fill that void. And no matter how much money you have in the bank, you're still going to feel that void until you get to the bottom of it. Right. Totally. And something you did really well the other day too, we were talking about like so many opportunities to make money online. Yeah. I know you did a post recently of like, these are all the places you can make money online. And I thought that was so good because the reality is a lot of people are losing their jobs right now and things feel really unstable. And so I just thought if that was such, and I can link this too in the show notes, like that post was so helpful because it is acknowledging what's going on, but also being like, Hey, this is an opportunity. Like there's other things. You're not just fucked. No, a lot of situations. Another thing that we're working on this week is we're literally coming up with a hundred different things of ways to make money online. A hundred different like websites, a hundred different companies where we're literally creating like clickable links of like, here's a transcribing company. Click here. Here's how much it is an hour. Here's this. Because 
people were like blown away at that post of stuff. And yeah, it was the, so good. The crazy thing is, it's like so many of these jobs, you don't need a degree. You don't need mm-hmm. a degree. And they're, they're great money. And if anything, these jobs are, they're needing more people because everything's moving online. They're needing more yeah. people to do this stuff. And so yes, unemployment is very, very real, but that doesn't mean all jobs are going away. It just means right. shifting. Yeah. I think, yeah. Pivoting. You need to keep hearing that pivoting, word all the yeah. time. It's like such a pivot. Totally. No, that's awesome. I think that's, I think it's important to talk about too. Like, I think it's something just good to point out because like around money, like this is definitely what's coming up and what's real right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So why do you feel like, you know, something on this episode I really want to dig into is like the emotions around money. And why do you feel like that money is such a taboo topic for people? Oh my gosh. I mean, again, I feel like it's something that's passed down for me. It wasn't that my parents ever sat me down and said, don't talk about money to anyone. Right. But I watched how private they were right? Like we don't learn just from what our parents say. We learn what they do. And so Mm -hmm. I would watch how they would be having a conversation about money and the kids would come downstairs and they'd instantly stop talking about it. Or I would say something like, how much do you make mommy? And it would be like, don't, you don't ask that. You don't ask that. Like that's private. Say that. Yeah. It's rude. That's never say that. Don't ask about that. Or I would, anytime money would be brought up, it was like a stressful topic. It was a private topic. And so I just learned you don't talk about it. And so Mm -hmm. then as I got older, it screwed me over in so many ways over and over and over. But I just thought like, well, you don't talk about it. What other option is there? And so when I was trying to get all these, you know, I was growing up, I I was like destined to be an entrepreneur because I hated, I I never worked like a, like, oh, at the grocery store where they choose your hours. Like I was always like freelancing. I was like babysitting and working at like the fairgrounds and like doing yep. all these random things. But I would make money. I would never ask, like I would never ask for a raise. I would never ask if I could have a higher starting salary. I would never mm-hmm. ask questions like, are you like for babysitting? I would never say, are you putting this? Are you claiming this on your taxes? Meaning I'll have to pay taxes or is this under the table? Which would significantly impact how much I was actually making an hour. I never had those conversations. And same about college. When I went to college, I knew I had to take out loans. I didn't know how much they tried talking to me. And I was like, no, it's fine. I'll just sign the document. Like I had no idea. I didn't Mm want to know. I thought I was like, this is so embarrassing. Why are they talking to me about this? Because I had that belief. And, um, again, this was just something that was totally passed down to me. And I just started to question it. Like that was the biggest thing. I started to get really into these like feminist topics. Um, Mm -hmm. Emma Watson has this, um, he for she, I, this, uh, I'm trying to think of what it is, but if you like YouTube it, I don't, have you ever seen it? It's like, she gives it at the, um, UN for something. And it was, it was like a 14 minute video. And I saw it one time and I was mesmerized. I Mm -hmm. watched that video like 10 times in one night. And I was like, this is such a crazy concept. This whole like idea of like feminism and like women being able to do this. And I was like, Whoa, I I was, it was crazy. So the next semester I took a gender study class and I started learning all these things about specifically about, um, men and women and, and finances. And I was blown away of just statistic wise of how often men ask for raises versus women, how often right. men will negotiate their starting salary versus women, how often men will do. And I was like, oh my gosh. And 
at the same time, the class was, you know, talking about how, you know, this is unfair for women. And my thought was like, well, yeah, but also why aren't women asking this for themselves? Like if more women just ask the question, this statistic Mm -hmm. wouldn't be so weighted. Like this is crazy. And so that's when I was like, I was questioning everything I'd been taught. I was like, wait a second. This is the same time I'm like trying to figure out my finances. And I'm like, why don't we talk about money? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? And I started talking to my parents about money with major pushback. And I started talking to my friends about money with major pushback. And I was like, we are, by not talking about it, we're all losing. Like if we talked Mm -hmm. about this openly, everyone else would win. And I think you, you're such a great example of this. And this is why like your niche and my niche go so perfectly together. But even in your Mm -hmm. Facebook group that I'm in, like some of the questions that other women ask, I'm like, I would have never even known about that if somebody else right. was talking about it. Like I, yeah. I, you know, I never learned about women's hormones growing up. I never learned about any of that stuff. We didn't even have sex ed in high school or anything. And so all of that, you know, all of the stuff about women's hormones and women hormonal health and all, I DIY'd. I was like Googling stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And so oh, Pinterest, Yeah, <laughs> I like spent half of like high school on Pinterest, like looking up like, best ways to work out for women's health or like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What juice cleanse should I do this week? Oh God. 10 day juice cleanses. Oh, I've been there. hundred (laughs) percent. My sister and I would do like a juice cleanse before spring break. And we would like be throwing up because we had like only apple juice in our stomach for like a week. Right. Horrible. Um, screwed up my hormones so terribly. Uh, but again, yeah, it was I, because no one was talking about it. So I was like, well, if yes. no one's talking about it, I can't, I can't talk about it. And so the more people just don't get, like, they think they're doing a disservice by talking about this. And it's like, no, when women talk about money or when women talk about hormones or when women talk about sex or when women talk about this, everyone wins, everyone rises mm-hmm. up. It elevates the energy of everything. And like, that's so life-changing. It's so life-changing. Oh, totally. And, and, you know, exactly what you said about your parents. Like I learned the same thing. Like it's rude. Don't ask about it. You don't, you don't talk about that stuff. Like I barely knew what my parents did and much less like what money they made. Like that was just not a thing. And I think even as a kid, like you don't know to worry, but you worry because he's, because you don't know in your head. I'm like, I don't know how much we have. Like, I don't know what we're spending. Like, and it does give you this like out of control feeling. And I think that absolutely followed me into adulthood. Like, I'm just not going to look at my bank accounts. I'm just going to hope that my card goes through. Like that was really, I think, you know, those beliefs that you learn, you're right. That's a great point. Like it does follow you all the way through. And, and yeah, it's just fascinating to see it all play out. Yeah. It's crazy how the stuff that we, I mean, our money beliefs are set in stone by eight years old. So it's not Mm. just like what your parents said again, it's what you not, and not just what you saw, but how you right. perceived it as an eight-year-old when your brain yeah, you is felt about it developed. Yeah. It's how you felt that's still running your life today. If you're not constantly updating those beliefs, it's nuts. It's crazy yeah. town when you like dive into it and think of it that way. Yeah, totally. And so I feel like because of this, you know, we t- become adults and we have money shame and I, you know, I, I feel like there is, is money shame for not having money or feeling like you don't have money. And there's also money shame for feeling like you do have money. And so do you see a lot of that in your work? Like, you know, both sides of that. Absolutely. All the time. And it's so crazy to me to see how on both sides of the spectrum of women who are killing it, but don't want to talk about it because they're shamed Mm -hmm. or they feel shame. 
and women who are struggling so hard and don't want to admit it or tell people mm-hmm. because they feel so much shame and it shows up the exact same way. It shows up yes. the same way. And again, I think so much of it stems from they feel like they're the only one. I'm the only yes. one who is killing it. And if I talk about it, there are repercussions and the same thing. I'm struggling. And if I talk about it, there's repercussions for doing that. And Mm -hmm. so again, I think that so much of that gets solved from one, having open conversations like, you know, like this and having open conversations and empowering more women to be okay with that, but also forgiving yourself. Like so many people have so much shame because they feel like they don't deserve their success or because they feel like they do deserve their current outcome and therefore they can't make more money. And we have to forgive that place of us, that that place inside of us that feels like that. We have to really do that inner work regardless of what it is you're feeling shame about. You have mm-hmm. to be able to own that in order to move past it. Um, and again, a lot of it just comes from facing where you're at and, and believing that it's okay. It's okay where you're at. You're allowed to mm-hmm. own that. And you're also allowed to not identify with that and say, just because of where I'm at doesn't mean I can't get somewhere else. Doesn't mean I can't achieve right. this new thing. Totally. Well, it, it's in the book, um, You're a Badass at Making Money. Mm-hmm. She says, like, one of the quotes that stood out to me the most is she says that poverty and greed come from the same lack mindset. Yeah. And I remember when she said that, I was like, first of all, this is going to piss a lot of people oh, off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when she said that, I was like, oh, some people are going to be really pissed at that. But it's so true. It's that same mindset of like, like, yes, you can be in a tough spot. You can be in a tough situation, but it's also like, where's your mindset at? That mm-hmm. is, is what propels you forward. Yeah. And, and the, the biggest gift, one of my like pillars of what financial freedom means to me is detachment from money. Because like you said, mm-hmm. if you are so, you know, you, you're greedy and you want all the money and all that stuff, that's attachment. You know, you want that mm-hmm. so badly. And then on the other side, if you are, you need money, you need to pay the bills. You need to do this. You need this. Like that's attachment to money. And either way, we're either so focused on it. We can't focus on other stuff or we love it. And we start idolizing money itself, which that's not Mm -hmm. what we want. And to be able to be detached from it, it is such a feeling of peace and balance in your, in your own life. That for me, um, I was just talking about this yesterday with some of my friends is this is one of the first times in my life I've ever felt that because as a kid, like you said, even though it wasn't my money and I didn't even know whether or not where we were or whatever, I felt that. I felt like, where are we? I don't know. Should we be worried? Should this or whatever? And so growing up and being in control of my own finances and being able to be detached from it, like that's freedom to me. Like that is balance that, you know, I'd never felt before, before this point. Mm. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, and, you know, it, it's just, it's also interesting to me, like the way that this affects our, our relationships with ourselves, like this relationship with money, because we look at everything, everything that I feel like any like thing I have a relationship with my life, I look at like, is this healthy? Is this helping me? So, you know, like my relationship with working out, my relationships with food, my relationships with other people, but it never fucking occurred to me to look at my relationship <laughs> with money. Like I was just like, yeah, I dread paying my bills. Like I dread looking at my credit card statement. That this is fine. This is normal. And that is just so funny to me because my job is literally like like tearing down what we think is normal and building a new idea back up. And I'm like, oh, but money, that's a different thing. We're not gonna talk about that. 
<laughs> exactly. So, yeah. You know, we're always working on our, I mean, I think just, especially like being in the wellness world and stuff, I think of it like I'm always working on my relationship with things. Why does, why was this never a concept? And I really, until like the past year or two, I never even thought to look at my relationship with money or how it was affecting me or the stress levels it was causing. And Jake actually brought it up for me one time. He was like, you stress out. Like every single time the topic of money comes up, like you lose your shit. And I was like, oh yeah, I do do that. You're correct. That happens. Yes. It's like that analogy. I forget what it is. I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's like, you know, two fish are swimming in water and like one fish is like, Hey, how's the water? And the other fish is like, what's water? Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're a fish and you've lived in water your whole life, you don't even notice it. You don't even know that's all you've ever known. And so, so often people just feel and believe subconsciously that being stressed about money is just how you live. Like that is Mm -hmm. it period. And so you don't even realize how good it it can be. Like, you know, you talk about this so much about how if your hormones have been like out of whack your whole life, you don't realize how good it is. It's the same thing with finances. Like people don't realize that. And, And so often people will say, oh, well, you know, I don't know how to make more money or I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. We, we can create financial freedom with what you have, with where yeah. you're at. Yes. It doesn't yes. have to wait. We don't have to wait 15 years. We don't have to wait for more money. We can do it right now with what you have if you are ready to go all in. And, and so often people are like, no, I, this is, they're, they're just so used to that reality that they don't realize it can be better. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the same thing I talk about with periods. It's like, you cramps aren't normal. Like having heavy flow where you can't get out of bed for days, it's not normal, but because it's so normalized and like, that's what we're used to. And we live in this state that when I tell people that at first, the, again, like same thing with money, I'm sure you see this. The first things are pissed. They're like, fuck that. Fuck you. Like that's oh, yeah. not true. My oh, periods yeah. are fine. I'm healthy. And, and I don't, and I say this all the time, like, I don't want it to be terrible for you. Like I want it to be amazing and wonderful, <laughs> but we have to start with the awareness. <laughs> I know people are like pissed. People are like, how yeah, dare you like, show me how bad off I am right now. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't want, like the whole reason I'm doing this is because I don't want this for you. But I'm sure you see that too, especially talking about money because it is so like triggering for people. They're like, I'm oh, sure yeah. like, fuck you. <laughs> no, people get so mad. I will get like the meanest DM sometimes. Of, about people being like, especially if I talk about how money can be easy, people are like, mm. no, it can't. Like, how dare you? Well, especially right now. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, listen, money can be hard. You are right. Money can be hard. If that's what you want, if that's how you want to live by, I live by right. that for, you know, for the first 20 years of my life where I was like, making money is really hard. I have to work really hard and then I have nothing. And so because mm-hmm. I believe that, that is, that was my reality. So if I would have read my own post that said making money is easy, I would have been like, screw you. Who do you think you are? You suck. Because for me, based on my belief, that was my reality. And so it's like, I, it's so crazy. And, and I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I am so okay with triggering people because in my own life, other people triggering me has been such a blessing because it's made me realize like, it's made me identify why am I being triggered? Like why? Oh yeah. I made a post about this recently. I made like a ballsy post a couple of months ago where I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire by 27. Like I'm calling my shot. I'm going to do it. Yada, yada. And at the end of the post, I was like, if you're reading this and you're triggered, ask yourself why you are so mad about a stranger on the internet calling her big shot. 
And I had so many people mm-hmm. DM me who were like, wow, I read that and I got to that place. And I was like, wait, why am I so mad that you, some random girl is just like owning her dream. And, and they were like, yeah. I don't even know. Like, and it's crazy. It's like, if you are being triggered by something, ask yourself why, because mm-hmm. that answer is going to change everything for you. It's going to change everything yeah. for you. Oh, I can't tell you how many times like somebody's triggered me on the internet. I unfollow and then I go back and then I follow again and then I unfollow. And then I'm like, fuck, there is something here that I have got to like pay attention to. I do the same thing. People, I'll be like, okay, this, I'm like, I am done following this person. Unfollow. This bitch. What does she think she is? I'm like, I'm back. I'm back. What's up? Okay. I'm going to follow again. And then in my mind, I'm like, they know I'm triggered. They know it. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean it's it's such a good point like evaluating like what is this bringing up for you because that's where it starts like this is obviously like disturbing something in your energy field so what's going on and it's your job to to address that yeah and triggers are so great because so often um I mean I do a ton of tactical stuff like here's the process to pay off your debt here's how to do this But that stuff doesn't matter if we're not also working on the beliefs about money. And so often I'm like, okay, let's get to the root of this belief. And people are like, I don't know my money belief. Like, how do I figure this out? How do I figure this out? And the first question I will ask them is what pisses you off? What triggers Mm -hmm. you? Because when something's triggering you, it's bumping up against a belief you have. If If I'm like making money so easy and then you're pissed off about that, it's because it's bumping up against the belief that making money is hard. And what I want right. you to do is ask yourself, do I want to keep this belief? Because you can keep it. If you're okay with the res- that being your result, keep it. Right. That's great. But if you were like, wait, what if money was easy? Like, don't I actually want money to be easy? Okay, cool. I'm going to adopt this new belief. Then you're not going to be triggered anymore because it's not bumping up that against that belief anymore. And so so often triggers are such a blessing because they help us identify what we believe to be true subconsciously. Yeah, totally. And, you know, even what we talked about in the very beginning of this episode, talking about how this can be an expansive time, you know, somebody's going to hear that and be like, fuck you. Oh yeah, totally. This is not expansive for me. This is. And so, yeah, it's, it's the whole, you know, recognizing those things. And again, like if you want to be there, that's fine. Like having that feeling those beliefs, like the, there's no wrong beliefs. So, you know, if those are the ones you want to hold on to, that's great. But like, is there a better way? Is there another way mm-hmm. for you? That's what I think is so interesting about triggers. And it takes time for me, at least I have to hear something multiple times before, oh, yeah. like I'm willing to address it. I'm like, oh, okay. This has bothered me for like a year now. Maybe it's time. <laughs> maybe it's time to confront this. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll look into it eventually. I'll write it on my to-do list and like, look into this thing that's upsetting you. Maybe. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's just fascinating because especially with money, like that is going to happen. Like yeah. talking about it, it does, um, you know, bring up all these things for people. And and I think, you know, there is this deep connection between money and your self-worth. And so, you know, I feel like these money frustrations and these emotions around money, they bleed over into other aspects of your life, like sex and your relationships mm-hmm. and things like that. And so what do you what's your take on that? Absolutely. So. If I look back on my money journey, it is an an exact mirror of everything you just talked about. An exact mirror of so many other areas of my life. And right. especially for me, I don't know if I mentioned this in the beginning, but when I was going through all of my 
when I had like my epiphany where I was like, I need to figure out my finances, I was going through a breakup. And so at that time I was like, I, I need to like figure out who I am and like, you know, all this stuff. And one of the biggest things that I realized about myself is I was showing up trying to be who I thought that person wanted me to be everything. Yeah. That, and so my self-worth was in, am I making this person happy? Am I being the person he wants me to be? And so I'm showing up and then I'll get validation from that. And so then I can keep doing that. And once that was gone, all of a sudden I was like, wait, what do I want? Like, who am I? What do you know, all that stuff. And so as that changed, and as I started to figure out my money stuff, and as I was asking these questions and standing up for this and being like, wait, I actually believe this and I want this and started owning that everything else seemed to almost like be a magnet to that. So then, you know, a couple of years later, I met my now fiance and it's so funny. I remember like, I didn't even want to go on this date. I was like, no, I don't, I don't want a date. I don't want to get, I don't like, I'm not looking for anything. I just want to have fun. And we ended up going the date anyway. And I was just like, straight up. I was like, you know, telling him things about like, this is what I believe to be true about money. Like, here's what my goals are. I'm, this is what I want for a career. This is what I want for this. I'm only looking for this. I don't want a relationship right now. I was so upfront because my thought process was, why would I want to be with someone who I don't agree with or doesn't like me for me? Whereas in the past, my thought process going on a date would have been, who do I need to be for this person to like me? What do I need to say for this person to like me? My self-worth was in getting someone to like me for the person I thought they wanted me to be. And then as soon as I started to figure out my finances and what I wanted for money and what I believe to be true about money, then the same thing happened with showing up in relationships or showing up in my career or showing up just for myself of being like, this is what Chloe wants, not for anything else, but just for me. And it it, like, that was such a huge thing for me that, that was like the like catalyst for everything else. I'm popping in really quick to let you know that I'm linking my pleasure guide in the show notes. This free download is all about connecting to your pleasure center, tapping into your sacral chakra, and really owning your power. When we are talking about shame, limiting beliefs, self-doubt, this is one of those things that can really help you find that sense of power for yourself. So go grab your download, post a picture on Instagram once you have it, and tag me so I can see. Now back to the show. So... Something that's so interesting to me is is what you describe almost as like your transformation. Like you went from this place of of feeling really like overwhelmed by money and and you know lacking. I wouldn't say like I don't want to say like you lack self confidence, but whatever oh, that I did. looked like, I you, totally did. Yeah, like <laughs> whatever totally that. Did. I don't want to say that and be like, wow, you had no confidence. You had <laughs> zero confidence. No, I did. I had zero confidence. Like I acted like place, I did, but I totally did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so like going from that place to now like that transformation on the other side of like feeling confident, saying what you want. And how do you think, like, obviously that seems easy. Like when we say it, we're like, oh, I, I felt like this and now I feel like this. But like, what did that transformation look like for you? Like, what was the work that went into that? Oh my gosh. I think the biggest thing was getting real, like getting real. Um, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. And so I'm very much like, oh, it's, this is going to be painful. Ignore it. Like goodbye, Mm -hmm. put it in the closet for later. (laughs) And so it took a lot of really facing, um, some shit, like facing some deep shit about how I felt about myself, how Mm -hmm. I felt about other people or people, you know, that I needed to forgive or I needed to forgive myself. Like that was huge. And 
hiring mentors along the way was everything because I'm a big believer. Like I know I said this earlier, but if you don't have people calling out your bullshit, like it is so hard to get ahead. And for me, like I love my friends. I love my family, but oftentimes the people closest to us are, you know, they're not there to call you on your stuff. Like they're there to support you and love you. And so, so often as I was going through stuff and I'd, I'd complain and then my friends would be like, oh, that sucks. Like whatever. At the same time, my mentor would be like, why are you self-sabotaging? And I'd be like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. What? Like being called <laughs> out, like, what is this? And so, um, you know, having that to see, having that person or those people to see your blind spots and call you out, like that is the biggest way that I think that it makes it easy to evolve because, you know, I always say like, I don't pay my mentors to be my friend. I pay them to help me get the results that I want. Gotta see my shit. Yeah. Seriously. Help me get past this bullshit. And that's what, that's really what changed everything. Like those were like the two things. I totally agree with that. I think having mentors, having coaches, and like I've had coaches in all different, all different types. Like I've had life coaches and energy, like I've done all of it. Mm -hmm. And and I do feel like it's so like life changing. Like I think having another person, because it, for me at least, um, if I and now I'm four on the Enneagram. For me, when I see the pain, I'm like, oh, let's can we make it dramatic? Can we can we wallow in it? <laughs> Those are the things. I'm like, I'm sad. All right, let's listen to more sad music. That will be good. <laughs> That's so. I'm so, like, I'm sad. I need some Beyonce and I need to a nice coffee and I need to forget about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I the melodrama. Like people always say it. What is it like? like fours are very like moody and like tortured artist type thing. And while I would say like, I definitely have like the energy and like the confidence and things like that of like very like Leo energy, I say, but like also the four like melodrama comes in and I'm like, wow. And Jake will listen. Like the other day he came down, this is totally a tangent, but whatever. I need to hear he came it. down to my office and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, what's wrong? And he was like, well, I saw it in your Spotify feed. Like you're listening to sad bops. And I was like, <laughs> I always listen to sad bops. Like, I don't know any other music. <laughs> the fact that you have a playlist called sad bops is incredible. Yeah, it's like a Spotify playlist. I'm like, yeah, what else would I listen to, Jake? <laughs> that is, talk about a supportive but, partner. <laughs> right. He's like, okay, I just want to make sure you're okay. And I was like, first of all, I love you so much right now, but I'm okay. This is normal. <laughs> he is. Oh my gosh. I love him so much. That is right. And I think that's the perfect like, description is like sad bops. Like yeah. we still got the bop, but we're a little <laughs> yeah. sad. You're still bopping, but, but it's a low vibe. <laughs> yeah, but it's gotta be that intense, moody energy. Um, so yeah, I think for me, having a coach is like, is so helpful because I, I think having that accountability and having someone who has gone through it, exactly what we do, like been through it and can guide you through whatever it is that you're experiencing. Like, Hey, I need to work on my mindset or, Hey, I need to work on my beliefs or I need to kill my inner child. Like what literally whatever that looks like, I think having that accountability and someone there, um, yeah, I think that was like a great answer to the question. Like, how did you get that transformation yeah. and having those mentors and someone can be there for you? Because we often think like, oh, I'll just do it on my own. And like, let me tell you how many times I've said that. And like the book Never. stays on the shelf or like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't Google it any further than that, that one night. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, so I think, yeah, that accountability is a game changer, at least for me. I could not do it without it. No, hundred percent. And I think like, also I think in alignment with having, I always like, seriously, I am the exact same way. Even if it's something where I, I know I could do it by myself. My threshold is 
if it is not done, I'm going to hire someone because I don't care if I can do it by myself. If I'm not getting the results, I'm going to hire someone, period. Like so many people are like, I can do that by myself. I'm like, cool. If it's not done, it's not done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you could do it. If you're not freaking hire someone, that's like my threshold. But I think along with that also is my, I don't even want to say naivety because it's not naivety, but a little naivety of just believing in myself. Like so many people have asked me things where they're like, well, weren't you worried about that your business wouldn't work for X, Y, Z? Or weren't you worried about your finances for X, Y, Z? And I was like, no, I mean, I just naively believed that it was going to work out and that I would figure it out. And I think so often that piece of like our inner child who, you know, we would just like go and decide we could do things and believe in ourselves. And then we grow up and that's like slowly taken away from us. And I think just part of that, of just knowing that you can do stuff because if you are going to hire a coach, but you still believe that you can't do that. And you're constantly looking for evidence of ways that won't work, ways you can't have freedom, ways you can't do this. Like that's going to be so much harder. Whereas if you have that naive trust in yourself, that things will work out, you can have that. You will get that and pair that with a mentor. Like you are absolutely unstoppable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like a saying we have in our house all the time. Like, it's like everything's happening in our favor. Like we have to just always say that over and over again. And we sound like such like idiots, but, um, like if something like bad happens, like whatever, something goes wrong. Like Jake and I look at each other and be like, what's the saying? It's like, everything happens for us. Like everything's happening in our favor. Yes. And it's so like hippy dippy, like, but it's so true too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, how can we get here? But it's true. Like we are so like just constantly in that belief system. And like, even the other day, like something didn't work out and he was like, it's just making room for something else better to come along. And I was like, I love you. Thank you. (laughs) And you, it's almost like, um, one time, I don't know what wedding I was at, but somebody was giving like a toast or something. And they said, never quit on the same day. And Shay and I always have held on to that because if I'm having a day where I'm like, I'm, I'm like doubting myself or whatever. Shay's always like, you are a queen. You can do anything. Like you are a life changer. Yada, yada. And then, and I'm like, you're right. I can't. And then on the day where like, he's feeling low and he's like, I just don't know about this. I'm like, what are you talking about? You are amazing. And so it's like to have that partner, like that's another thing. Like in addition to having mentors, like having someone on your team, especially your partner, that is such a big supporter of you and is there on the day that like, you're like, why is this happening? And they're like, cause it's happening for you. You know, mm-hmm. for that person to say that, like, that's just the dream, right? Like that is the dream. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's huge. It makes such a big difference, I think. And, um, and something I really wanted to bring up too, I'm glad that you brought Shay up because obviously you're getting married soon. Yeah, Woo! hopefully. <laughs> Yeah. When is it? When are you guys getting married? August, right? August 8th. So we're hoping. You'll be fine. Everything will be fine. We're hoping for the best. We're hoping for the best. Yeah. You'll be good. Everything's so good. (laughs) But what I want to talk about with that is like, obviously like the finances within a relationship Mm -hmm. because it's so interesting. I think people are like more willing to talk about like their relationship problems than like their money. They're like, oh, "Oh, he cheated on me, but also I won't tell you how much I made. Like, no, absolutely. Money is like more taboo than stuff that I'm like, how, how is money more taboo than that? But oh yeah, money relationships and money are, it's such an important dynamic. And it's again, not, I mean, personal finance is not taught anywhere, but 
relationship, like how to be in a relationship with someone Mm -hmm. and have two people who grew up with two totally different beliefs, two totally different scenarios often of, you know, what class you were in or how much money your parents made or whatever. And then to say, Hey, not only are we going to come together, but we have to be on the same page about stuff. Like that's, that's crazy for some people to do that without having any um, preparation. And so I'm very big on, you know, the problems are never about money. They're about the communication around money. Okay. And people will oftentimes their, their relationship with money together is such a negative one, which ends up with them not wanting to communicate. And so I always tell people like, if the only time you guys talk about money is when you're like, why didn't you spend that at Starbucks? Or like, (laughs) why didn't you do this? Or why did you go out to eat again? And you're nagging each other. That's not, I I wouldn't want to talk about money either. If every time money was brought up, it was negative. Who would want to have that conversation? And so one of the biggest things I tell people is, you have to have, I challenge all my couples, if you, if for every negative conversation you have about money, you have to have at least the exact same amount of positive conversation. So I'll make my couples, my, um, my couples like go pick out their dream house someday on Zillow, like go and just search or on Pinterest and like, what house would we buy? And do we want to buy a lake house someday? Or do we want to, what are our biggest money dreams? Do we want to retire our parents or do we want to do this? And dream together about finances because the more you talk about money in ways that are positive and fun and exciting, it allows you, it opens the door for other money conversations too. And it allows you to have those other money conversations without nagging each other, without being negative to each other and and just asking like, Hey, what about this? What about this? And nagging happens and and you're going to, you know, get mad at somebody else's spending when you guys aren't on the same page, about your goals I, I'm never going to nag, you know, Shay's spending because we're on the same page about our goals. We say, okay, here's the allocation. You go and spend whatever you want. Here's your, here's your bucket. You spend whatever you want with that bucket. I'll spend whatever I want with this. Here's our conjoined stuff. Um, we don't have conjoined finances yet, but we have the same goals. Like he's saving for a home. I'm saving for a home. And then someday we'll plop that together and buy a home. Um, right, but, right. but just being able to understand and be on the same page and also just communicate. Like if we have a big purchase, we talk about it. We talk about it. And, um, so I'm never like surprised by wait, you bought a car without letting me know or like whatever, mm-hmm. because we're, we're a team and we both are, you know, we're both partners in, the, in those conversations. Yeah. And I think those conversations can be so can feel so difficult to navigate. Exactly. Like you said, when you have two different belief systems and, and I think I, Jake and I definitely experienced that. I remember we, especially when we first moved in together, like trying to figure out like finances and money and how to split things. And, um, you know, like when we started traveling a lot, like the same thing came up, like, do you, what do you pay for? What do I pay for? And, and those are such interesting conversations that I love the, like, you know, for every negative, like you have to have a positive. And I think that's so important because we do, if we focus on all the negatives, like we don't think about the things that money can do or what it's going to do for us. We're like, oh, this is where we lost it. Or this is where we spent too much. Like those are the conversations. So I love that a lot. Yes. And it gets to be fun. Like it mm-hmm. and people who, you know, are struggling in those scenarios sometimes don't, can't see like the light at the end of the tunnel of, Hey, if we just, on the same page about stuff. Because think about it. If you had one conversation where you're like, Hey, 
How do we split things? And you decided, okay, we split this stuff 50-50. You pay for your own stuff for this. I pay for my own stuff for this. Or we we split everything or we split it 30-70 or however. But if you just decided, then everything, you don't have to argue about stuff because mm-hmm. as long as you're following that agreement, then there's nothing to argue about. But so many couples are like, I don't want to have that conversation and start an argument. And it's like, by you not doing that, you're going to have arguments. Like you will have arguments because you both have conflicting beliefs. And if you're not having those conversations, there's going to be resentment and there's going to be frustration. And there's going to be one person who's feeling like they got the short stick and the other person who is feeling, you know, whatever. And so it's like, you got to have those conversations because it's going to make things so easy to navigate. Yeah. No. And I, I talk about that all the time. My clients, when it comes to like sex and relationships, yes. like you have to have that transparency and they're going to be uncomfortable conversations sometimes, or it's going to be an awkward conversation. It is inevitable that in your lifetime, like you're going to have some of those, but this is certainly not the first. And it is most definitely not the last uncomfortable conversation you're going to have. So just fucking do it. Yeah. Just have the conversation. So like a Nike ad, <laughs> but like, Go have the conversation and just get it over with because it is causing you so much stress and turmoil and, you know, so much angst avoiding it. Just have the fucking conversation and get it over with. And in 20 minutes, you're going to be in a much better spot. And like the fear of the conversation holds people back where it's like every every single person, like after you have that conversation, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. But it's a fear of having that conversation Mm -hmm. that stops you from ever doing it when in reality, it benefits both people. It benefits like there's two winners that get to leave that conversation instead of you being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to totally ruin this. Just go. And and also a huge thing that I always say is when you're let's because most of the time there's usually like one person who's like really interested in this. And then the other person's like, no, I don't want to do this. And Mm -hmm. I always tell if you're the person who's like initiating the conversation instead of saying, we need to talk about this. We're sitting down tonight and we're doing it. Say, hey, I'm super excited about this. I, I've been learning more about finances and I'd love to get your opinion. I, I want to share this mm. with you. Like, are, would you be down to have this conversation? Like invite them. Don't demand yeah. because then you're going into this conversation having, you know, two people that are partners and not you being like the dictator being like, this is how it's going to be done. And that's like my right. number one. I don't know how many people... Um, you know, in your audience are business owners, but that's the biggest thing that I tell women who are like, my partner's not on board is invite them to the conversation. Instead of saying my business needs this, say, Hey, you know, you're my partner. You're the love of my life. I would love to give you a shark tank pitch for this thing I want to do, or this investment. I I would love to get your opinion, like invite them to the table to have that conversation instead of feeling like you have to be, you know, the dictator because it's going to go so much better that way. Yeah, totally. And we talk about that a lot in our house too, like talking with someone rather than at them. Yes. And we're all going to do that. Like I fall into that sometimes where I'm like having something and I'm talking to him and he's like, you're talking at me right now. And I'm like, you know what? Hold on. Give me a second. Let me just like walk out of the room. I'll come back in and we're going to try this again. Because like we do that, like especially when I get like super excited about something and I'm intense and I'm like, these are all the things that are happening. This is what I'm doing. This is what we're doing tomorrow. And he's like, whoa, hold on, like bring it down. Let's talk about this together. And 
I think that's so smart too. just like inviting people into the conversation because you are going to have different beliefs. And just because you're empowered today doesn't mean that your partner has like gotten empowered or gotten through any of those beliefs around whatever it is, sex, money, whatever. Yeah. And, and, you know, this even comes up all the time. Like I taught a fertility awareness method class last night. And like some of the questions around that, that I get a lot are like, what do I, my partner, like, how do I communicate this with my partner? And I'm like, this is something you do together. Like you are not just like, you are not, having sex alone. So you're also <laughs> yeah. not protecting yourself alone. It is the same with money. You can be. Like- I hope you're having sex alone, but also. <laughs> so true. <laughs> like, I hope you're doing that. And also. Yeah. But when, you know, same thing of having sex with a partner, it's like you're living with that partner and spending money with that partner. Yes. Two people in that conversation, just because you're the one who is asking these questions and learning about it doesn't mean it's your responsibility alone at all. At all. And and my spending habits affect my partner. Like whether it's emotional, whether it's financial, like if I spend something and then I have guilt from spending something and then I'm carrying that guilt around, guess what? I'm going to show up like an asshole in my relationship because I'm dealing with the guilt that I felt from the, from the beginning of the day. It has nothing to do with him, but it is, I'm going to show up that way. And so all of these conversations, all of these things, like they have to be a joint when you're in that kind of partnership. Um, you know, and I, I think that's also why it's important. Like as you start becoming aware of this stuff and you're not in a relationship, like heal your shit so yes. that when you do get in a relationship, like A, you attract someone that's like got that same vibe, but B, you know how to be a mirror for that when you're in that relationship exactly. too. One of my favorite quotes is heal. Well, this isn't a quote, but someone else said it. I didn't come up with that, but like <laughs> heal, heal your shit or someone else has to walk through it. Like seriously, right. because if, if you don't, the people in your life are going to have to walk through it. And like, of course, everyone has some extent of baggage, but like the more that you're holding on to, the more people are going to have to walk through it. And so the more that you can focus on that now before the relationship, like don't wait to get in a relationship to, to do this inner work. Like no matter who you are listening to this, like work through this stuff now, like this is the best time. And I even think about it. This is so funny, but like I think about like when we have kids, and I'm like, oh yeah, I want to heal this shit now so my kids don't. Oh have my to. god, Shay and I talk about that all the time. Like, we yeah, will, we'll do something that is just like I'm trying to think of an example, but just something that's so dumb, and we're like, we got to stop doing this before we have kids because if we teach our kids <laughs> this, like that's gonna be the worst. I'm just like, and it's so funny because at the same time, like my parents always joke that like my kids' first word is gonna be like that. Like that's going to be my kid's first word because my parents hate that oh, I have a body too. mouth. Oh, ours too. My parents hate that I have a body mouth and I'm just like, whatever. There's no way I'm going to clean it up in time. Either. Like I just no, don't care. No like way. I'm like, there's fuck no it. I know. I'm like, literally, fuck it. But it's like, I'm okay with passing down curse words to my parents I, or my kids, my future kids. I am not okay with passing down limiting beliefs about what they can achieve, what they can accomplish, yes. who they can be. Like I am not okay with doing that. And so, and a lot of times, especially as women, I wish it wasn't like this, but it is women oftentimes when motivated by helping someone else will do something more than just for themselves. And so if that's you and you're like, oh, if it's for someone else, of course I'll do it. But if it's for me, I'm selfish. I can't do that. Think about your future kids. Like if you are Mm -hmm. not working through your money trauma or, you know, your, your health trauma or whatever you have going on, you will pass it down. Like you're going to pass it down. And for me, like 
when I read this article one time and it like ruined my life. And I was like, I will never do that again. But it was all about how, what women say to themselves when looking in the mirror is what your future daughter will say when she looks, she looks in the mirror. And I was like, Oh Uh my gosh, because at that point, you know, this is, I'm maybe 18, 19. Every time I walk by the mirror, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so fat. My this and this, Mm -hmm. I need to do this. And I was like, I imagine like my future daughter saying that my heart just broke. And ever since then, like when I walk by a mirror, I do, I never pick myself apart because the thought of someday not realizing that my daughter's paying attention and having her hear that and then think that about herself. I'm like, I will never do that. I will never do that. And so Mm -hmm. think about that stuff. If you're not going to at least be motivated to heal that stuff for your, your own self, which I wish you were, think about it in that perspective of you yeah. know, your future daughter or your future son will struggle with this because it'll be passed down to them. Yeah. I think literally I do so many things now, like thinking about like having kids. I'm mm-hmm. like, and you know, if you would talk to me like three years ago, I'd be like, I'm never having kids. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm so in love and I can't wait to have babies <laughs> like <Same>. that, <laughs> like that literally, like I would get in arguments with people. I was like, no, I don't want kids. And now I'm like every month I'm ovulating. I'm like, please impregnate me this time. It's this, <laughs> this month. Let's just do it. Fuck it. Let's go um, baby. I'm like, yeah, just put one, put a baby in me. Um, but you know, I do, I think about it from that way because even there's so much like information and like science behind the fact that they even start getting beliefs in the womb. Like oh, yeah. the things we think and say and they hear, like we, they get them even from like the fact that they're small little tiny beings that aren't even brought into the world yet. And so I think about whenever I like, don't want to do something or I'm not taking care of myself or whatever, I'm like, I'm taking care of my body for my future kids. Or, yeah. like, I'm taking care of, of my mental health so that my kids feel supported. Like I, I think about that all the time. And, um, and you know, that, that's a huge goal of mine now is like, oh, I can't wait to be a mom and have all the babies and whatever. Hell yeah. But me too. I'm like, I want 12. Let's go. Yeah. I'm like, let's go. Let's pop them out. It's time. I, I like look at Jake and I'm like, you know, I'm coming up on 23. Like we got to get some babies <laughs> right going. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, I'm like, my eggs are ready to go. My eggs are so, fired up. Yeah. My every month, let me tell you. And it's funny. I was talking about this on Instagram the other day, but like when I was like 18, 19, every month I ovulated, I was like ready to have a baby. Like it was time. Like uh, it's all I could think about. And then somewhere like 2021, like it stopped. It just didn't happen anymore. Like the past couple of months, every month I'm like, if I don't have a baby right this fucking, I don't care who it is. It doesn't have to be Jake's. It could be anyone's (laughs) baby, but like my body wants a baby right now. And it's funny. I started talking about this in the Facebook group and stuff. And, and now all these, like I get DMS all the time. Someone sent me a DM today and she was like, I'm ovulating and I want a baby. I was like, I know it's so real. It's there are times throughout the month where I'm like, you know what? I mean, like I, my business is my number one priority. Like maybe I can just do this for three more years and then we'll have babies. And then I'm ovulating and I'm like, would it be that bad to have a child today? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was I'm like, I, you know what? I could make this work. I could do it. <laughs> like it's... We're already like realizing with quarantine, like how we're struggling to prioritize things. And I'm like, could I add a baby to this? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I could. Yes. I will make do. I will a couple make of them. And Jake has this like random wish to have twins. And I'm like, I could do it right now. This is fine. Yeah. Do you have twins in your family? Like either one of you? 
both sides, <gasps> all of them, like oh, so many twins. Wow. So, so the, many the twins. odds are in your favor. Yeah. So he like, ever since he heard that, like, because my mom says it all the time, she's like, you know, you're likely to have twins. And I'm like, I know, mom. I know. I get it. And so ever since Jake heard that, he's like, twins? We could have twins? Let's have twins. And I'm like, what? God. It's so funny because, like, every time it comes up, he will be like, yeah, yeah, when we have babies and have twins. And I'm like, who's having the twins, Jake? Because they're coming out of my vagina. So why are you so pumped? Like, he's so pumped about it, though. So That is so funny. Wow. There's, like, yeah. no— tw- If we had twins, I would be so shocked because ne- neither side has any twins. Oh, yeah. Okay. Every time— Like, once he found out about, like, when we t- started talking about fertility awareness method and things like that, like, technically, you can ovulate twice in a 24-hour period. And so when he found that out, he's like, that's how you get twins. And so every month— <laughs> He's like so excited about it. Every month he's like, did you ovulate twice this month? I'm like, Jake, calm down. <laughs> oh my. God. So totally random. But like we we're saying, so you guys are money beliefs twins. for our kids. <laughs> yeah. Apparently we're having kids and I'm not passing down. We're having twins and I'm not passing down terrible beliefs to them. In yeah. Conclusion. Boom. Done. That's if you're going to take away one thing. <laughs> that, that, it's that's this. it. We're having twins to so stay in the loop and I'm not passing down bad beliefs. <laughs> That's the dream. That's the dream just out here. That's what's happening for us. Um, But yes, I mean, I just think all of this stuff is so fascinating. And I think people say it all the time. Like I I hear it with, with what I do. You know, if I talk to like my mom's friends or whatever, like, oh my God, I wish at 22, like I was doing this stuff. Like I wish at your age, like I knew what I know or what you know now. And, and so I do, I feel grateful to like have these conversations and, you know, to start like learning more about money. So I appreciate what you do so much because I think it's so empowering. I appreciate what you do so much. I learned so much from you on the daily. I'm like, and, and it's crazy to me how in both of what we teach, like this stuff isn't taught. You know what I mean? Like I, sometimes I get so mind blown from the stuff you post because I'm like, one, (laughs) whoa, that's crazy. And then two, how do I not know this? Like, how am I a, you know, 24 year old woman, I'm an adult and I don't know this about my own body. Like, how is that Mm -hmm. possible? How is that freaking possible? Like, it's just, it's mind blowing to me some of the stuff I learned from you where I'm like, I'm like offended at my own life that I don't know. This. <laughs> I'm like, right. I'm like, I'm like, where the, like, but it's so true. Like where the fuck are we supposed to learn it? Because, yeah. Like, we don't talk about it. I know like the sex education class I had, like was so limited, you we know, didn't have it. Put a it wasn't, in. no, it wasn't in school. We didn't have it. Wasn't a thing. You didn't have it at all. No. Not so like all. it was up to your parents, which parents don't talk about it. Yeah. No, absolutely not. No. Parents are like, Oh, my mom was like pretty open for the most part. So I was very lucky. Like she would just like, I would just ask her random questions. I was like, mom, what's a blowjob? And she'd be like, well, <laughs> can we sit down to dinner first? Oh my gosh, and this so- is way, I have to tell you something so embarrassing. Only my, the closest people in my whole life know this about me. And now all my and now friends, everyone is going to listen to this. <laughs> now everyone who listens to this is going to know this. But um, when I was, I think it was like seventh or eighth grade. And one of my friends said something about a blowjob. And I was like, what is that? And one of my friends taught me that a blowjob was when a boy peed in a girl's mouth. So for like two years, (laughs) I literally thought that's what it was. And so one of my friends was like, oh yeah, you know, I did this. And I was like, you peed in your mouth? And they're like, Chloe, what? I'm like, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I, I literally thought that's what it was. Like that was, oh my God. Sex ed was like learning from other 13 year olds, what they thought it was. And then they would tell me and I, 
So for like two years, I'm like, why would anyone do that? Why would anyone do that? Like, why yeah. would <laughs> girl ever do that? That sounds horrible because that's what I thought it was. Like, that's, that's kind of what it is, though. So. I mean, not in my professional opinion, but it's sort of what it is. <laughs> you can't say that's not what it is. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that was <clears throat> very little yeah. information was given. <laughs> well, you know, we, we also learned from like, the the my friends who had like older sisters and I would get information that way too but I would say a lot of it came from my mom but you know what it like what you and I both do it's like very taboo like there's shame behind these topics like we don't talk about this so we're doing two things that like make people uncomfortable and like it's not it's not the norm I love it I love it (laughs) (laughs) I go to like post on Facebook and I'm like all my mom's friends are gonna see and everyone's gonna be super uncomfortable and I love it (laughs) (laughs) and I love it oh my gosh I know I used to be so it was like my worst fear was like to post on Facebook. I would only do things on like Instagram or whatever because I was like, mm-hmm. all of the people who know me will know that I'm posting mm-hmm. it. Now it's like, oh, oh, oh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do it all the time. My mom will call me too and she'll be like, so-and-so called me and said that you posted a nude on Facebook. And I'm like, I did, mom. I did do that. <laughs> or she'll call me and she's like, that was a pretty risque photo on your Instagram. And I'm like, yes, it was, mom. That was the point. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. I love- that's the whole fucking point. Yeah, that's the and whole And she's point. like, well, you look good. So keep it up. And it's just so funny because it is, I mean, we do such taboo things, but it's but these it, kinds of conversations. It's needed. So like it's, if, yeah. like you are such a disruptor in this industry and it's like, that's what changes things. Like that's how people learn. Like that's what gets education out there. There has to be disruptors because the current system isn't working. People are learning this stuff. Right, right. Exactly. Like we're not educated on this. We're not educated on money. Like, let me tell you, my taxes still overwhelm me. Like I don't know any of this stuff. And, and so even that's why I'm like, I have to get help because like I hired an accountant because I was like, I, you don't learn this stuff. And then there's so much shame. And I think a lot of the shame, I say this in in my work as well, like a lot of shame comes from lack of education. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. I'm embarrassed because I don't know what's going on. And, and I feel shame because I feel out of control. Yeah. And that especially comes up, I see with like food, people's relationships with food. Like we have no nutrition education, which yeah. to me, it, like, it's mind blowing that we don't get that in like mind high blowing. school at least. We have no nutrition education. And then we fear food because we have no education on what it actually does. We just hear like things from society or our parents or whatever. And the same thing happens like for money. We don't know. We have no education on it. We don't know how any of it works. We don't know, like literally no concept of money. And then we get these beliefs and then everything just feels fearful and overwhelming. So like I said, I just appreciate what you do. And I think it, it gives a lot of empowerment behind these topics that otherwise would feel so overwhelming. My gosh, hell yeah. That's my mission in life. My whole mission in life is to do that. I love it. So tell everyone where they can find you, how they can connect with you, what you've got going on. Tell us all your stuff. My gosh. Well, I am deeper than money on every social media. My new found, I mean, I love Instagram. I have a deeper than money podcast, have a Facebook group, all that stuff. My newfound love is TikTok. I I don't at me. I know I'm not 14, so I shouldn't be on TikTok because apparently all TikTok is is 14-year-olds, but I love it. I think it's so fun. Um, So I'm over on TikTok too. But any social media platform, I am deeper than money and I love being social. So DM me, tag me and stuff. I freaking love it. Come ask me questions. Love it. 
Yeah. And I'll put all of your stuff in the show notes too, so they can find you. Woo-hoo. And I just appreciate you being on here. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Of course. Thank you so much for not only having me on here, but everything you do again, I like, Thanks. I am your number Thanks one. for what you do. <laughs> I'm your number one fan. I'm in like all your groups, reading all your captions. Like, <laughs> yes, 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 girl. So thank you again thank for having you. me on here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Get Clitterate podcast. We release a new episode every single week, so go ahead and hit subscribe. We'd love for you to leave us a review and let us know what you think of the show. You can learn more about myself, your host, Callie Shea, by visiting my website, callieshea.com, or by visiting my Instagram, at Callie Shea. If you want to stay in the loop with what's happening on the podcast, you can follow at Get Clitterate Podcast on Instagram.